0: Welcome back for another episode of SLMA Radio and our revolving series of shows. This week it's Revenue Rebels, hosted by Roan Morgan, the CEO of Demand Lab. Also happens to be the sponsor for the program. Show hosted the first week of each and every month right here on SLMA Radio. With that, we bring her in to find out what insights she's going to share with us today. Roan Morgan, welcome.
1: Hi there. Hey, Paul. How are you doing?
0: Okay. I'm feeling better here because we had a little panic going on. We couldn't get the mic working. It was muted. <laughs> you
1: know, those, those really high-tech
0: issues. Those high-tech issues. Yeah. It was muted. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't want you to be muted today. We want you to be loud and, and forceful and present all sorts of interesting stuff for us here. So.
1: Well, here I am at my standing desk, so I have that full uh, lung capacity, right?
0: You so, do. You've you've brought you brought your A game here today. So who'd you bring <laughs> along to right. share? Who'd you bring along to share with you today?
1: Yeah, I am really excited because we've got Becca Kaufman um, here today, and she's going to be talking with us about segmentation and its role in really delivering um, and building out a, an exceptional customer journey. Uh, So let me just as a quick intro, Becca oversees Frisia's marketing plan and she handles all of their top of funnel strategy. So she's responsible for aligning Frisia's positioning and messaging with the appropriate segment uh, offering and stage to the buyer's journey. Becca, I'm really excited to have you on board today.
2: Hi, Ron. Thank you so much for having me
1: hi there uh, you know I'm super excited about this afternoon show um, we did have one other team member from freesia join us last year late last year so not too many months ago uh, Kristen Roberts and um, you know I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to share with the listeners another perspective into freesia's marketing efforts um, and this one I think is just super appropriate considering um, the the trend and the push that we're seeing around businesses in personalization and the sort of one-to-one conversations that they're really working to to develop. So thank you so much for joining us. As a way of intro, what I was hoping that you could do is just share with the listeners a little bit more about Freja, remind them from you know some months ago, what you guys do and what your role is there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So thank you again. So you're at Freja. So Freja is the leader in patient intake management so we have a variety of solutions to help our provider clients increase efficiency enhance clinical care improve the patient experience and improve the health of the, the financial health of the organization so some of the different categories of applications we have are we have registration applications revenue cycle some clinical applications patient activation and appointment applications So we really need to think about sort of how those different offerings are appealing to different buyers. And in my role, so I'm the director of strategic marketing at Freesia, and you said it pretty well, I'm responsible for the top of the funnel strategy. So I really oversee our marketing plan, and I work with different people, different individuals across Freesia and across the organization to really ensure that we have the right marketing campaigns for the right people.
1: It's funny because I actually have experience with your software Um, and the first time we, I used it, I was like, what is this? You know, I have to log in and do something. But since um, I've been logging in and doing, you know, sort of as I'm taking my daughter to her uh, pediatrician appointments. It's super easy to use and I can really appreciate what you guys are doing, but it sounds like it's much more complicated on the back end, right? (laughs) Um, uh, I've been really eager to talk with you today about segmentation because, you know, just getting back from the Adobe summit, we heard a lot about personalization, um, a lot about, you know, how critical it is to be able to use the data in our systems to drive relevant and authentic communications with leads and prospects. Um, all the way from, you know, marketing into the hands of sales. And I know that's a really big focus for you. We talked a little bit about this beforehand as we sort of um, decided the topic that we were going to, to cover on. So tell me a little bit, how how does Frisia use segmentation to support the customer journey and customer engagement?
2: Yeah, absolutely, Roan. And it's funny you said that about your, the pediatrician you go to, because my son's pediatrician's office does not have a patient <laughs> intake solution. And I, every time I'm like, do you, can you take my card on file? And they can't. So I wish <laughs> Always they had working. To, I would say, I'll say segmentation is really my bread and butter and my team's bread and butter. We use segmentation basically when we're developing any sort of marketing campaigns and content. And like as a company, we use segmentation anytime we're really building a go-to-market plan for a new product or application, or even for an existing product or application when we're thinking about who we want to sell it to. So I mentioned a little bit before, we have, you know, applications across registration, revenue cycle, some clinical applications, patient activation applications, and then we also have appointment applications. So we need to think about how, like, each of those different offerings appeal to different buyers and really who that end buyer is.
1: And so what is some of the criteria that you're using to segment uh, your audience? I think this can be sliced and diced in so many different ways. Um, what are key for, for you guys?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So like, one way we segment our offerings is by size. So if you think about, like, a health system versus a small provider group, for instance, we find that the buyers in these markets are really looking to solve for different problems and have different sales cycles. So, you know, one example with a health system, we find that our health system prospects are really looking for, like, that consistent patient experience across the entire enterprise. Um, And we know that Mm -hmm. we need to appeal to lots of different stakeholders across that system, so we'll need to have a message for the operational folks and the IT leaders at the organization. For our small provider groups, say it's like, you know, a five provider family practice, they may be just very focused on a specific use case, so they may be specifically looking to collect patient payments in a more efficient way. We find that size really matters. Um, The -hmm. other thing, another way we segment is by specialty. So we find that our different specialties have very different pain points. Uh, and at Freesia, and I forget if I mentioned this before, but we have offerings for, like, over 26 specialties, so sort of different workflows that they would go through. So, for instance, like OBGYN practices, they're looking for an easy way, easier way to identify postpartum depression patients and, mm-hmm. you know, our primary care or our big multi-specialty organizations are looking to really identify patients that are eligible for Medicare annual wellness visits and make sure that those, the right patients are coming in for their visit. We just find that depending on that specialty, they'll have different needs and mm-hmm. different things that they're looking to solve. I think one more thing that is really critical that I called out a little bit uh, before, it's just the different roles at the organization. So we create different messaging for different roles. So like CFOs or revenue cycle directors, we know that they're looking to increase collection. Um, you know, our practice managers or administrative staff that we're selling to, they may be looking to speed up the check-in process. Mm-hmm. Um, so, those are a couple examples. Um, you know, our front desk staff, for instance, we know that they're juggling so many tasks, you know, and you know this too, because you go to the doctor, they're answering the phone, checking insurance, collecting copays. Mm-hmm. So, we want to focus on their pain points and, you know, make sure that they have more time to connect with the patient.
1: It sounds like there are Tons of opportunities to sort of streamline the process. And it's kind of funny, as you were talking about this, I think about, cust- we talk about customer experience from the marketer perspective, right, um, all the time now, that's a—that's the a main sort of topic um, that you hear it at most uh, conferences and um, most materials and articles. And in the same vein, I suppose your customers are trying to create that fantastic customer experience as well, right? Um, looking at where they're creating friction for their, uh, their own patients, which are essentially customers. Um, do you guys talk about that with your, within your messaging? Yeah. I mean, a big value prop for
2: us is the fact that we really create that individualized patient experience. So, you know, for a, for a practice, if it's a new patient coming in the door or if it's an existing patient that's maybe, you know, I'll use the OB patient, for example, you know, they're coming in like once a month, we help our practices really create that unique experience for each of their patients.
1: And so I suppose they might be expecting a similar sort of experience from you guys. Like the proof is in the pudding in a way they want to see that you're able to do the same thing. Um, so that's, uh, one of the things that I'd like for us to be able to dig into, we're going to have to go into a, a small break here in a couple of minutes. Um, but we will talk more about how you're executing through segmentation, um, you know, and, uh, the tools that you're using and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, before we head there, um, it. Do you know sort of within the, the tools that you're using or the systems, how many types of personas are you guys targeting right now um, it, that your segmentation is supporting?
2: So that's a really tough question because we target so many different personas and mm. it really depends on what the product is. So we look at personas across four different categories. So we have personas within operational functions. We have personas across financial functions. We have personas across clinical. And then we look at um, IT. And Mm. so sort of within those buckets and marketing sort of falls into the operational bucket. Within those buckets, we look at different levels.
1: Wow. Wow. It sounds like an entire uh, second episode we could run actually talking <laughs> with somebody exactly. on the team around the messaging uh matrix that you guys have to put together. So, exactly. That's very exciting and yet another conversation. Um it is time it's, all, it's already been halfway through our episode. It's time for us to take a really quick break to hear a bit about Demand Lab. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back with Becca. We're going to learn more about her segmentation strategies, how she's executing through this, and get some best practices. Over to you, Paul.
0: All right. Well, let's just take a second here to remind you that Demand Lab is the sponsor of the program, and they help organizations like yours. Transform their revenue potential by connecting their greatest assets, people, processes, technology, and data. They do it through a customized revenue ecosystem solution that you definitely have to check out. By leveraging marketing technology, data science, governance, and analytics, and content, Demand Lab helps B2B organizations, maybe like yours, advance business goals and drive revenue. Isn't that what it's all about? If all that sounds appealing, you want to learn more, it's pretty simple. Just go to Demand Lab Solutions at Demand Lab, just like it sounds, DemandLab.com. All right. As I always say, with that, I demand to hear more.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Paul. All right. So so let's jump right back in. Um As I sort of alluded to before the break, I'd love to hear from you, Becca, a little bit more about how you execute your segmentation strategy. So what are some of the tools that you're leveraging? You know, um, how do you manage your data? I just, you know, what does success um, look like? What does it take to be successful in what you're doing?
2: Awesome. So a little bit about how we execute. So I would say, so email is a big lever for us. And we use email automation software, and we use the tools within that software to be able to send to different personas and different segments. So the real key here is that we have an internal database that we maintain with all of our prospect information. So we maintain detailed data on all of our potential buyers. So, for instance, their role, their practice or organizational type, the Are they in a provider group or a hospital or an urgent care? Um, what specialty is their organization? Exactly how big is that organization? You know, how many providers, how many doctors? What mm-hmm. is the ownership for affiliation? So we keep very, very detailed um, data on all of our prospects, and we ensure whenever we're adding data, Um, into our database that it's clean and has, like, a lot of required information. Uh, And then we use that data to arm our content team with data on really, like, who our audience is and what may be interesting to them. So we have a sales development organization here at Freesia that my team, the strategic marketing team, uh, really partners with. And we make sure to arm them with, like, that content, talk track and persona-based questions that they can use Mm -hmm. in their outreach. So, you know, it's really, like, making sure that we have the data and then making sure that we're actually using that data and providing it to internal parties.
1: You know, one of the things that I've talked about, for a long time, and I've been in doing marketing for a really long time, but when we, when I first implemented a marketing automation platform, which was nine or 10 years ago, um, I started to really understand the value of data. And, uh, I started to say, to think to myself and to say out loud, you know, data is one of, your biggest investments as a company um, and it does seem like nowadays even more than ever um, it is sort of this uh, critical investment that has to be truly valued from the highest level of the company you know into whoever's uploading that that list and obviously they have to upload it correctly right and the, the folks at the highest level have to know that they need to invest in their data um, Tell me a little bit about your your data governance process or, you know, how you're um, sort of managing the hygiene of the data.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So really that top of the funnel data and that database falls under my team, but like obviously lots of different people are managing it. So we make sure. So when we add new data, we, and I, I mentioned this a little bit before, but we can't, we don't let anyone just add any data in. Um, we ensure that we have, like, certain fields and make sure that all those fields are satisfied. So, like, we won't add someone if we, d- we haven't validated their role and their title. And, you know, we don't have that appropriate contact information, like a phone number and an email address. Mm-hmm. So that's one way that we do it. We also are constantly looking at, so, like, I'll use email, for example, we're constantly using tools to ensure that those emails are actually going through um, to the right people. So we want to make sure that we're not uh, sending emails to people that don't exist anymore, for instance, or aren't mm-hmm. engaging with our content. So we're constantly looking at email metrics around that and, mm-hmm. you know, just a lot of reporting on our end. And, you know, I mentioned a little bit our sales development organization but our SDRs, like they really own and get to know the accounts that they're working with. So we rely on them a lot to help us confirm and ensure and add to that database.
1: Got it. Yes. So lots, there's still a lot of human input in a way. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I know that we have sources for data, but then there's so much validation. It sounds like that you guys go through that. I think a lot of companies are going through or should be going through. Um, you know, when you consider the ultimate cost. Per record or or cost per account, um, you know. I, I wonder. I don't know if you guys do this or you know. Just you, you don't certainly have to give me a number. Um, but are you guys measuring um, sort of what that all in cost is, maybe per account, um, per target account, or per record that you guys are adding into the system, so that you can then deliver this ultimate customer journey, um, and be really personalized. It sounds like you guys are collecting so much information and I'm sure there's even more to it in terms of their behavior on your website and what products they're, they're engaging with, you know, mm-hmm. is that a, a cost that you guys are calculating and, and kind of considering?
2: Yeah. You know, that's a really good point. We don't typically look at our cost per account, but we are you know, trying to get better at and constantly looking at really that cost per lead and like where that information is coming from.
1: I'd love it if you could talk with us. Let's just kind of switch gears. We've got probably about five minutes left um, to chat. Now that you guys, you've got a really clean system, you've got a really great plan and place. Um, in terms of the marketing work that's being done in your department, what channels have you found to be most effective for segmented targeting initiatives?
2: Yeah. So I would say the biggest one that we use is email automation. Uh, but we use emails. We do a lot of webinars. Um, we work really closely with our market partners we attend a ton of trade shows and trade shows are really a great way for us to get in front of the right person um, and then other events. And we partner with our sales development organization. So our sales development organization reaches out to prospects really depending on their engagement in other marketing channels. So for instance, if we see that a prospect attends a trade show or a webinar, that sales development representative is then following up with talking points that are very specific to like that persona and what Mm -hmm. we've identified as their pain points and like really what they're going to get out of the product. Like, you know, some case studies of like what people like them have gotten out of the product Mm -hmm. um, to make it really that really tailored. And we partner. So like our product marketing team, they're responsible for that go-to-market strategy. I know you mentioned you talked to Kristen several months back. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, her team, like, they're really making sure that we're tailoring that go-to-market strategy for each of our products to these different roles.
1: What a huge job and very exciting. A labor of love, I would say. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Geeky marketing love in a way. (laughs) I
2: know. I know. And like, you know, the other thing I'll mention is we have we think about our client segment, you know, different than we think about our new segment. So we also have someone like really focused on thinking about those channels and, you know, how we're going to engage with our current customers. Mm -hmm. So like for our current customers, you know, we have a monthly newsletter that we put out. We have what we call like user salons um, Mm -hmm. for the for our clients and, you know, a very specific email strategy for them as well.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's critical actually, to be able to use it from, you know, the, the point of maybe initial awareness through into loyalty, to be able to use that for loyalty programs and really deepen the customer relationship is, is really critical. Now we're, we're just, um, wrapping up. We've got a couple more minutes. Um, and I'd love it if you could, before we say goodbye, share maybe with us the one single thing that you would recommend our listeners do today, if they want to improve their segmentation. You know,
2: this goes back to a question that you asked me a few minutes ago, but I really think it all starts with good data and ensuring that like the leadership of your organization understands that. And really just investing in, like, creating that good database of data so you know really, like, who the roles are and who the buyers are. And, you know, you can actually create materials, like, based on their pain points. But it really comes down to having the data.
1: Good, well, uh Becca, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It was a great conversation. I'm looking forward to following up um uh, with Frisia with the team there. I know we've got a few more people that I'm really looking forward to talking to um and we'll certainly talk through that messaging matrix and how you guys make the magic happen once it's time to sort of send out um, those those emails. Um, what's the best way for people to to reach out to you?
2: Oh, that's a great question. I would definitely say LinkedIn. So I'm available on LinkedIn.
1: And your LinkedIn profile, though, I don't think it's Becca. Am I right?
2: You're right, actually. It's Rebecca.
1: (laughs) Yes, Rebecca Rebecca Kaufman. Cool.
2: Yeah. And I would also (laughs) say anyone is welcome to email Freja as well.
1: Yes, of course, of course, and they, sh- and they should. Um, thank you so much. And a big thank you to our listeners for tuning into Revenue Rebels. I'm your host, Roan Morgan, and you can find me on LinkedIn by looking up Demand Lab or searching for Roan. That's R-H-O-A-N Morgan on LinkedIn. And let me send this back over to you, Paul.
0: As usual, you've been listening to another episode of SLMA Radio with our program today, Revenue Rebels, a monthly program right here on the Funnel Radio Channel for At Work listeners like you. Brought to you by Demand Lab.